Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. Hello, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Jeannie White is the producer and writes the blog. And I have a very special guest with me today. So you would want to stay tuned to this podcast. And I also want to mention that Alzheimer's is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. September 21st is World Alzheimer's Awareness Day. And with me today is my special friend, Alzheimer's advocate, Marsha Burr. And she's going to talk about elder options, which is down where she lives in Florida. Welcome, Marsha, to Chatting with Betsy. Hey, Betsy. How are you today? I'm doing really good. I've been, I've had a crazy busy week, and I thought it was about time you and I kind of chatted again and got caught up on what's happening here locally in Florida with dementia caregiving, and uh, that's why I wanted to talk about elder options some today. I'm on the board of directors uh, for Levy County which is the county that I live in, Williston, Florida. And um, at our last board of directors meeting, they brought up this really cool thing that they're doing now here locally. And it's this really new software program called Uniper. And what it is, is like a little box, like a little Roku box that you plug into your TV And it has some shows and events and things that are geared towards our elder population and people with dementia, people that can't leave their homes and maybe have trouble using cable and the remote control anyway. And it's very simple to use. You plug it into your TV, and when you turn your TV on or when you push the button on, it goes right to the program menu. And you can select what you want to watch. There's exercise shows. There's shows about dieting. There's group talks about various subjects. And I think it's a very cool thing to provide for people at home right now, especially in these COVID times. And what they're trying to do with it along the way is get little groups started that start a program together and go through the series together and form bonds and friendships like we do online in caregiving groups. And so it it has sort of an interactive feature where you can have socialization and some good programs for your brain and for your, you know, emotional well-being. And you're building a, a social network of friends at the same time. And I think the whole idea really lends to quality of life for care partners and once you're through watching a show this thing is so simple all you do is turn it off and it goes right back to your regular tv that it was on before 
So it's very simple to use, and I'm really happy to hear about it. And what they're doing here locally through funding is it's sort of in a pilot phase right now, and we're going to put some in various people's houses. They'll come set it up for free, and they will basically here have this box, have this thing for free. It won't even cost a group of people, about 100, maybe 120 people, any money at all to have this thing put in their home. So it's a very cool thing. And I figure if we can do that here in Florida, since it's a, a software program that Elder Options just happened to network and um, get together with, then any other state anywhere can do the same thing. So I'm throwing that out there to all the states. Look up something called Uniper. I do have more information myself about it. I have some um, files and a PowerPoint program that explains it better. If people will have more interest in it, they can feel free to uh, send me a Facebook message to Marsha Burr on Facebook, a personal message, and I'll get back to you. I certainly will. And so in the process of learning about all of the stuff with, with elder options, at the same time in my life, because I'm busy and I always have a lot of things going on, especially since I work for myself, um, I help take care of this, this guy named Carrie who lives near me. And he's an older gentleman who, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And he lives alone. Um, he can't work anymore, can't drive anymore. He has problems with his speech, stuttering, and finding the right words, things like that. And I started helping with his uh, caregiving kind of schedule at the beginning of this year before COVID even started. Um, he'd been in the hospital for, for cancer. And he got home, and another woman that I work for who happens to be his POA asked me, you know, some advice and if I could help. And so it happened that way. I was able to do it. And in the middle of this thing, golly, back in May, I believe, he's, his meds got really screwed up bad somehow. We didn't change anything, but I think they had just started building up one of the doctors had changed one thing for his Parkinson's, and he ended up having hallucinations. And they were auditory. They were visual. Some of them might not have been completely visual hallucinations. They might have been, as Karen talked about on one of your shows, um, a delusion where he saw something, but his eyesight wasn't, isn't real good, and he thought it was something else. And so it clicked another memory in his head, and he was just confused. But he was also having real hallucinations. I mean, I sat with him one day for about two hours, and I, he, I got this whole concert. The guy plays folk fiddle music. He, he knows everything there is to know about folk fiddle music. It's amazing. And so I got this whole concert at his house. He played songs, and he was talking to a couple other people who him, but I didn't see him, and he's saying, you know, he said, did you remember the name of that song yet? And then no answer, of course, and then he'd, he'd say, don't be shy. And so, I mean, I sat there and I listened, and I didn't interrupt him because he wasn't hurting himself. He wasn't hurting me. 
it was no problem. So I wasn't too worried about it, except that it led later on, it was a definite indication that something's not right with his meds, and we're trying to get a, a handle on that. But before we could, he started wandering at night. In the middle, like he'd get, get up at 2 in the morning having some kind of vivid dream or something, and he'd think he had to go to work or he had to go somewhere. And so the police picked him up, at, like at 2 in the morning, and they figured they they figured out he was having problems. I'm, I'm thankful the police were trained enough to know that, you know, he wasn't dangerous, he wasn't a felon, or, you know, they didn't scare him anymore. They took him to the hospital. And he spent two and a half months in the hospital, Betsy, while they tried to get his medications adjusted so he wasn't having these hallucinations, and it took that long. And I'll just throw this in as an aside to the story, is that I was actually able to go to the hospital and visit him in the middle of this COVID stuff with a mask on, and they checked my temperature and all of that good stuff. And so if I was able to do that in a hospital, I have to ask why uh, a care partner, a daughter, can't go visit her mother in the nursing home. It's just ridiculous to me. There's answers out there now, and states are doing it. So I hope they, you know, more states are starting to get on board with that, and I hope more care partners be a bit of a squeaky wheel because I often think a lot of these facilities they thought it was rather convenient that no one could come in because then they didn't even have to have inspections. And when you don't have inspections, that's when abuse and neglect start again. So enough of that aside. Back to Carrie. So now he's home again. His meds are working, and they were threatening to move him two hours away, which would have been awful. And the fact is, the guy is with it enough. When his meds are right, he can take care of himself and eat and talk and use the computer and, you know, take a shower, get dressed. He can do things for himself still. So it comes back to this whole conversation care partners have about quality of living for dementia, people with dementia. And from my experience, the best quality is offered in a home environment. Now, I know it's not always possible. And each case of planning care for someone has to be customized to that person's needs and to what's available for that person. So it's a whole collaboration of the care partners, both the receivers and the givers, to find what even is possible to do and then implement a cohesive plan of communication between a few key players. And that's what we've done with this this friend of mine named Carrie. So he's home now, and I just spent the last week spending the night at his house to make sure that he was okay and, you know, was sleeping properly and his, his meds were working okay and he was getting back into the routine. And it seems to be working. Now, everybody on board realizes that this is not a permanent solution, but it's what we had at the time given the circumstances. And that's what dementia care partners have to do every single day and multiply it by millions. We have to work with what we have and figure out the best we can do. And so for for now, this, this guy, he's actually very fortunate that he has enough 
people on a network that cares about him, and, you know, different people are pitching in to offer almost 24-7 hour care for him. And uh, it is pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, he has to pay, he has savings still from his last job. He used to work for, uh, God, I don't know, for, for a company that built aircraft equipment. And, and he used to live out in Washington. And so he has some savings still from that. And, he, you know, people, mid, middle class people, in this whole dementia puzzle, we get thrown out. We get lost. Uh, we don't qualify for anything. We don't have enough money to pay for 24-7 care. We don't have enough money for a facility, really. But we make too much money to be afforded even Medicaid. And so he's in this boat right now having to spend down his life savings so he can qualify for Medicaid. And then find a place to live. So we're trying to buy him some time at home with some quality life, and eventually I'm sure he's going to have to find a place where he can live. But these are not good times to be trying to place your loved one somewhere. If anything, the trend has I've noticed is that people are bringing their loved ones home, and they're having to adjust to all of that again. So it, it's quite a problem with the COVID stuff and caregiving. But we model through somehow, and I think that's the beauty of, uh, like, this chatting with Betsy show you have. It throws out ideas to people. It gives them things to think about and consider what might work for them, what might not work at all, or you know, maybe they should avoid, or you have some resources to contact, things like that. And this is how we get through this journey together. All of us pitching in the little bit we know, telling our stories, and sharing them online, and which is a virtual setting anyway, which happens to work really well for dementia caregivers who can't leave their loved ones, you know, and the care partners themselves are kind of, we've been isolated at home for so long, we're used to that part. So these things are possible when we stick together and when we focus on solutions rather than just the problem of it and how aggravated we are with it because that never gives us answers. It just makes us feel lousy. And then our loved ones pick up on that energy and they start acting out and feeling lousy and it snowballs. So we always have to try and keep our head above water that way. And the way we do it is one hand helps another hand. We walk each other home through this. And it, it, it all works pretty well. It's an amazing thing. And the story that I'm telling you is still unfolding. I'm in the middle of it. And I think maybe this coming week we're planning to see how he's doing on his own at home, at night, going to bed. And then we've pretty much filled in all the gaps for him. And we just take it kind of a week at a time. Granted, I can't, uh, my lifestyle and that I live so far away from where he lives to do it on, you know, a consistent basis. I can't spend the night there every night. I mean, I have a home and animals and stuff too. But when we pitch our ideas all in together, we end up with this big, huge think tank and, and more opportunities and possibilities. And that's how we get through this. So I agree. So we'll continue. But that's where I'm at in it right now, and I'm just kind of 
like, golly, I could finally sleep at home last night in my own bed. My car's in the shop today getting another transmission put in it. They put one in, and it was defective. So now they're replacing it. So it's no charge. Uh, so actually, I've been granted the day off kind of to sit here and regroup my brain, which feels like I don't know if I'm coming or going. And I think that's how people living in dementia feel, feel most of the time anyway. Sometimes we just have to stop and take a breath, take a moment for ourselves and regroup. And so I'm glad to have the day to be able to do that and have this chat with you at the same time. Yes, I'm so glad you came on, Marcia. Can you spell the name of that TV remote you were talking about? Yeah, hang on a minute, because I pulled up all these. I have my computer on in front of me while I'm talking to you. It's called Uniper, and it's spelled U-N-I-P-E-R, Uniper. Oh, okay. And I'll read you their mission statement. To allow every person in the world to live healthier and happier lives in their own homes and or communities independently for as long as they wish for. That's, that's a nice broad mission statement. Yeah. And the way they do it, like I said, is with these TV shows that they put on. Like here's the schedule I'm looking at. They have yoga, Zumba, fitness. They have therapy days, game days, tell your story days, arts and crafts and gardening, sing-alongs, trivia, healthy aging secrets, how are you chat, name that tune, this day in history, things going on in the local communities. I mean, it's a really, and it's covered um, Monday through Saturday. They take a day off. But That's, isn't that amazing? And there's shows from morning till, late, till night. <coughs> that is wonderful. And it's very That's... simple. The setup is so simple that, I mean, your two-year-old would probably pick up the thing and be more adept at it than we are because it seems like they're more hardwired for computer stuff these days anyway. But it's so simple that anybody can use it. That sounds great. And I think that's really wonderful that you are helping this man and more people Marcia as you know are going to be living alone and something has to be done and I, I personally this is my own opinion don't feel it's right that and you're right the middle class doesn't you know we don't qualify for aid and we can't afford for services and to be bankrupt to qualify for uh, Medicaid, I know yeah, people who have that you and your husband yeah, have lived your in home. for yes. 50 years. You know they're called they're doing things that they're getting Medicaid divorces now just so they can. Yes, qualify. I was just going to say that. Yes, I was just going to say that. I know people who have gotten divorced just to protect their assets. I mean, they still live together, and it's just it's a travesty. It, it is, really and is. Here's, a, here's a question that I'm still trying to figure an answer out to because I, in the middle of this, I'm also helping a few other local people here, and that's what the Life Raft does, you know, my, the local group I started. And even though we're not meeting right now because of this COVID mess, there's still things going on behind the scenes, and I've been very busy and active trying to help out some of our crew members locally here, like, I've gone to the doctor with one woman. 
um, named Dixie who comes who was coming to our meetings. She was in the Peanut Festival parade where we had our big life raft in in float in the parade. That was really cool. And so she was having some difficulty getting things lined up with elder options and getting her doctors on the same page educated. You know, we educate our doctors with this stuff. So I took her, I went with the doctor. I went to the doctor with her and kind of helped be her <laughs> voice if she was confused or not. But she's, she just was recently went from a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment to officially Alzheimer's disease. So she's progressing, but she's still very much with it. And these, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about quality of life and caregiving. It's that you don't just get a diagnosis of some form of dementia and be told, okay, go get your affairs in order and get ready to die. What, I'm supposed to do that for the next 10 years of my life? I don't think so. What happened to living? And that's so right. that's where my focus is, the quality of life that we can still have. And you know from your own yes. personal experience, Betsy, that there's still quality of life and fun things, funny things, tender, wonderful moments you wouldn't give up for anything. You know? That's right. That's right. Um, so this is where this is the, the focus that I'm on this month, which is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. It's about it's about we're still living. This is how we're living our lives. Yes, there's sad things that happen and things that people need to be aware of, that we're sleep deprived and people do wander and get cranky and you know, but it that's not what we're focused on. We're focused on the things that can bring joy to to everyone's life and isn't that what life is about anyway? I mean, that's if right. not to, to help each other out then what what are we even doing what are we here for? What are we doing this for? If if not to help each other along this walk. That's right. I'm happy to see that more people with any type of dementia are speaking up and saying, you know what, I'm enjoying life, I'm living life and I think that's awesome. I think that yes, more Christine people should Felker. Yes, Christine Felker. Chrissy's world. She has a Facebook Mm -hmm. group page and she's very busy uh more on a global level with the dementia international alliance i think it's called she she tells her stories about what she's going through um janice swink tells her yeah. stories as she can you know she's progressing along so it's a little harder for her but she's still out there and posts things and uh, brian leblanc right and he was the one that was they People were, you know, even doubting he had dementia. He got three different diagnoses, people. He's got it. It's just he has this attitude of, like, I'm not going to let that defeat me. I'm still here living. And that's how Chrissy, Christine Felker is the same way. So these are people to to look and see. If you want a glimpse into what, it, what it's like to have dementia and live with it, go check these people out. Check out their Facebook pages. Get to know them. That's right. That's how we learn. And that said, Betsy, I can sit here today on the other side of caregiving, and I learned a lot, and I know a lot, and I share what I know, and I share my stories, but the bottom line truth is I'll never know 100% exactly what Gaydana went through. 
what I understand. Completely. All I can do is, you know, grow my heart and my empathy. And through that is how I was able to connect and get any of this knowledge and wisdom in the first place. Yes, so, I often wonder, you know, what, what Matt was experiencing because he was not vocal. He would just say, I hate the way I am. That and, was on. You know, I just wish he would have been vocal. And I know he had trouble reading and he couldn't read after a while. And I really admire the people who are standing their ground and saying, I call it getting out of the dementia closet. They're out and proud and they are causing a revolution that they're saying, yeah, we have dementia, but we're living life to the fullest. And that's how we're going to, that's what we're going to do. And I love it. I know. And and it's shifting that way more every single day. More and more people are jumping on board and catching this wave. And things are happening. mm -hmm. I mean, 10 years ago, God, what a barren landscape when it came to dementia support. Wasn't it? It's like, God, I wish I knew half this stuff. And it wasn't until I was smack dab in the middle of the journey with Gay Donna that I even plugged into the idea of support (coughs) groups you know yeah like, oh wow wow look wow I had no idea and and the more of us that speak up every day and tell our stories the more people are going to start listening and opening up their hearts and, and going oh wow I keep hearing about this what what is this what's this about you know it makes people start asking questions and that's where an awareness begins if we don't if it's not in our vision then how are we ever going to know and so exactly. I, that's why I make videos. That's why I try to put things out there that aren't lecturing to anybody. They're just, this is my experience. This is what Kate on and I went through. And then, of course, the music, I mean, they tell their own stories in ways that uh, nothing else can. And then you couple that with photographs that people from all over the world send me of, you know, their journey through Dementiaville, their, you know, the care partners. Of, of the world and I mean it's a very powerful story that touches hearts without coming off like I'm banging my drum and pounding a pulpit it's just here pay attention to this I know that you if you stop a minute and listen you would feel what I'm saying and it works it's not maybe a very fast method but it but it, it it's effective you know so, I mean, that's my niche. That's what I do. And um, that brings me is, to a very cool thing coming up. Um, Karen Francis, who you've recently yes. interviewed twice, and I'm so happy the two of you have finally connected. Karen <laughs> yes. Francis is just an amazing woman. Um, I met her through a Facebook caregiving group, and I... I read her story, and I had to reach out. I'm like, i gotta, I got to get to know this person. And she's really amazing. She was awarded uh, presidential awards for her amazing, outstanding dedication and work in the field of dementia, advocacy, and awareness. She came to Florida after Gay Donna, a year after Gay Donna died and helped me launch the Life Raft, my local support group. And, I mean, she has her own journeys and stuff. She's... You know, she was a victim of a traumatic brain injury, so she has her own things to deal with. 
and yet, and she championed on. She's doing this very cool thing that she actually started a few years back, and I did one of them one year. It's called Virtual Lights of Love. And it's going to happen in, for the month of November. Because in November, like here it is, September, and it's World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Well, November is National Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And it's also Caregivers Month. So we're going to have kind of a dual thing going on. Karen wants to have this virtual online thing like she's done before where everybody can participate. They can share events that they're doing locally. They can share stories of what their lives are like and what they're doing. They can share a memory in honor of someone who's been through this journey. They, photographs. Please send photographs because I'll, I'll use the photographs with permission and make more dementia awareness videos with them so the world can continue to see how we live every day. You know, it won't be reruns of videos. It'll be here. This is what's happening now. And I think it's also what we want to do in the virtual Lights of Love is provide a space and forum for solutions and things that work. Like Karen, like the Lifesaver Project is a huge thing. It's a huge database all over the country to help track loved ones. And you, you wear a monitor bracelet or something in case you go wandering and you're in this database. We can find you. So it's a huge thing. That's a very huge organization. And uh, there's little local chapters everywhere. And it, it, it's a good thing to get hooked into. And then other available sources out there, things, other organizations, nonprofits, things people are doing. I mean, it's not going to be a big forum to, like, here, let me sell you this product. It's more like, here, these are the things we're doing. But so it's going to be a great thing all month long. It's going to be like this big month-long party. And so I invite everyone to check out Karen Francis on Facebook and to ask about, check around about the virtual lights of love that will be happening in November. I'm sure soon here Karen will probably be putting out some posts gearing people up for it. But that's what's coming down the pike. And, you know, honestly, Betsy, that one thing I love about what I do, I just wrote a post today about this because a memory came up, and it was five months after Gaetana had died. And I was talking about grief and loss when I first wrote it. And today I'm sitting here, and I was thinking about this post from four years ago and how I feel today. And, you know, Grief is different for everyone, but in my experience, it's, it's kind of softened some. It's not quite so harsh and traumatic and uh, raw. And so today I'm sitting here thinking, here it is, four years since I wrote that, and this is what's happening in my life, and, and this is where the grief has led to, that, that I'm able to help people every day somehow. And maybe I don't even know how. Maybe it's just a kind thought, kind loving thought I sent to them. Or maybe it's something, a bigger ripple, local, like what I've been able to do here locally this year, helping real people right here, right now, where I live. That's a huge ripple. 
you know? That is. In my own little huge. neighborhood. And that's where this starts. You know, it's an inside-out kind of job. And it shows, like, it, it gives examples of things that work, and, hey, why don't you try this, too? And so here I am four years later. I get to have a voice in how a big budget is spent in our state for elder care and quality of life at home. I have a local support group going on that's helping real people right here, right now. I'm a big, huge advocate and volunteer for the Dementia Spotlight Foundation and Alzheimer's Music Fest. And, and I'm keeping a promise to my wife. And I sit here today and think about this whole journey and how life-changing it's been for me. And the grief isn't so bitter more. It's more sweet than bitter. Um, but I'll never forget. It changed me at a core level. And because yeah. of those changes and the experiences I've had, I'm able to let maybe some good things ripple out of it, you know, like things that are going to happen in November. Yes, you sure have, Marcia, and I can't believe it's four years since Gay Donna has passed. I just well, it's been can't over. believe the time. It's been like four and a half. Over. Wow. Yeah. I know, it like was yesterday. my mind. Like, you know, I thank God, and a few more, it's going to be like, ah, oh, half a decade. Gay Donna's wow. been gone. But she's still very much here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, just, it's different. It's, it's strange how, yes. how we live on. Thoughts do become things and they're energy and can't create or destroy energy. It just is there. Yes, well, our time has come. Marsha, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Can you tell people how they can reach you and the name of your YouTube channel? Yes. Um, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. is the best way to get a hold of me. My Facebook profile has a picture of Rosie the Riveter on it, so it's not hard to miss. And send me a personal message on Facebook. I'll get back to you. And my YouTube playlist, which is in my YouTube channel, on YouTube you can just type in Marsha Burr and I'll come up. But to get right to my Dimensionville playlist, um, on YouTube type in Marsha's Dementiaville Highway. And there's Thank you. like and 165 songs I've made, <coughs> the videos that I've made, you know, with songs and photos people have sent me. So Marsha's Dementiaville Highway. And I thank you for doing that, Marsha, and I encourage everyone to check out Marsha's YouTube channel. I think the videos are very moving and inspirational. I love to watch all of them. And I thank you, Marcia, for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us and what's going uh, on in Florida. And thank you for caring so much and what you do for Alzheimer's advocacy. And if you missed any of this podcast, you can catch it again on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you hear podcasts, we are there. And I want to thank Jeannie White, who writes the blog and station manager, and Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Passion World Talk Radio, to, for giving us an opportunity to speak. And in a world where you could be kind, please be kind. Where you could be anything, please be kind. We need it. Shine your light bright. 
And if you want to get in touch with me, you can on my Facebook page, Betsy Wurzel, W-U-R-Z-E-L. And you're welcome to join my hashtag Kick Alzheimer's Ass Movement, a group on Facebook. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Until we chat again, be safe. Bye-bye, everybody.